Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. NBA college basketball, it is back. NFL and college football playoffs, it's right around the corner. All these sports are going on, so there are plenty of bets to lock in. So if you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat their NBA championship, someone to upset Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, or the Chicago Bears to cover the nine-point spread against the Saints this weekend, you got to head to BetOnline.ag. From game spreads and totals, team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And remember, there's always that online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming to the pod today. The playoffs are right around the corner. We're going to get a wild card weekend in the next couple of days. But you know what? We have to say goodnight to the fantasy football season. So we're bringing back Dave Raspoli. Resident Tutty guy, my great friend Dave, how are you? I'm okay. <laughs> you know, timestamp Wednesday, twelve fifty one. The world's I mean, falling I, apart. I'm okay uh, as of recording this, and a really weird fantasy season for me, Joey. I would say I had my worst fantasy season since maybe like. 2010 or something when I drafted Fred Jackson or someone it it just was I could not pull it together in the end the finish line got further and further away I just my record dropped dramatically now I'm some kind of schlub I'm a Yahoo gold member I was platinum for years it's it's it was rough. It was rough. I lost the belt. I lost the championship belt and now it's time to Assess what happened, Joe. Yeah, Dave, we're going to walk the crime scene. We're going to dig up a couple fantasy cadavers. We made some preseason picks of our top tens. We're going to go through that a little bit. We're going to hand out some awards, too, as well. Yeah, Dave, if you could probably, if you had to put your hat on one of these items of how you would describe the 2020 fantasy football season, you know, you've got one side where, you know, the quarterbacks, once again, really dominated in terms of like the most points scored in the league. You know, that was really the place where if you wanted to win your league, you really had to get that position right this year. Running backs was a complete disaster, total mess guys in the top five, barely even played this year to injuries. And then of course the COVID situation guys in and out of the lineup, you know, last minute changes waiver wire. You know, what would you say you're probably going to remember most about this fantasy season? I think there couldn't be a more 2020 season. You know, it's very apropos. It's perfect. It was everything the 2020 year was unpredictable, wild, uh, chaotic, sad. <laughs> Ryan lonely. Fitzpatrick usually only gets, he only gets benched once this year. He got benched five times. Like it was really just everything just ratcheted up. It was very wild. And I think we'll see that in our Super Bowl. I think we're going to see possibly two teams. I mean, can you remember a year where you wouldn't feel comfortable putting a large sum of money on any team? Like this is truly a it's up for grabs kind of year. And that's what kind of happened in the fantasy world. Probably every year we say, oh, there's there's never been more injuries. But I felt like to star marquee names, there was some huge injuries this year. Literally the first top three picks, which may, may never has happened in, in fantasy football, as well as Dak Prescott. And just, I mean, things really shifted and changed. Rookies really came into play in a way that maybe they have not in years past. It used to be, Joe, back in the day, year three was the magic year. Now it's just 
soon as they step foot on the NFL field, baby, fire them up. So it was very interesting. It was hard to predict. I'd say most fantasy analysts had a real tough time this year. It was tough for us on the daily front as well. But that's what makes this so freaking fun, buddy. Yeah, completely unpredictable. You know, you typically you have one year where there's a team like, you know, the Baltimore Ravens last year. You know, if you had a Baltimore Raven on your team, you were probably in pretty good shape. There wasn't really that team this year. Of course, Kansas City, they put up a ton of points, but that was a weird 14 and two. They kind of struggled at, you know, at different moments. Seahawks came out hot, had a great first couple of months. The last month, not so great. Green Bay Packers offense, if your name isn't Robert Tanyan and Devontae Adams, that pretty much is, you know, that was pretty much it. And like you mentioned before, that Dak Prescott injury, not only was it tough on my fantasy team, I just think that was tough across the board. They had so many weapons on that team from Amari Cooper to Michael Gallup to Ezekiel Elliott to CeeDee Lamb. You know, without Dak Prescott in there, everything sort of changed. Amari Cooper ended up probably doing the best out of that bunch. But again, you know, a really up and down season. So we're going to kind of dig through some things a little bit. If you listen to our preseason pod with our top 10 rankings, thank you. That was a long time ago. So thanks for still sticking around. Hey, guys. We're just going to kind of walk through a little bit. You know, it's official now. We've got our top 10, you know, wide receivers of the fantasy football season in 2020. We got our top 10 picks. So, Dave, uh, you know, let's just start with wide receivers right now. We each came up with a top 10 list. Uh, You got four out of the 10, right? I got five out of the 10, right? We did really well, though, in our top 15. We had a bunch of guys in that area. Out of your top 10, you know, which guy maybe surprised you? you know, did a little bit better than you projected him to, which guy really disappointed you. What's your take on your top 10 list from the preseason? It was a tough year, but I think like with wide receivers, I think we were pretty on a lot of these guys. Like you said, it expanded. Like if we were to show our top 20, I think we'd have a lot more overlap there. It's really hard to predict who's going to be the top of the top. But I mean, guys like Julio Jones, At the beginning of the year, this was a a year I said, this is going to be the torch pass. We saw it with Roddy White to Julio, and I said, this is the year. It goes from Julio to a guy named Calvin Ridley. That certainly happened. So a lot of things, you know, seem like they were going to shake out the way. I think the most surprising to me was these Bucks wide receivers. Yeah, you had Godwin in, I think, the top five, top six area, which wasn't a bad call. Unfortunately, he got hurt. But it was really hard to figure out. It's insane, Dave. You know Tom Brady finished with 40 touchdowns on the season? How'd he get there? Can you explain no, it to me? I have no idea because I remember I owned him in a league, and I remember hating owning him. I remember he was tanking me for a while, just throwing up 14 points or something. The Bucks were very hard to figure out this year. There were so many moving pieces. You couldn't – at one point you had Ronald Jones killing it, and then it was Leonard Fournette, and then one week it was a Chris Godwin week, then a Mike Evans week, then a – It definitely was the year where very few wide receivers carried you week in and week out. And I think that was another big takeaway of this fantasy season. Besides maybe Stefan Diggs, which I'm sure we'll get to, who is in neither of our top 20s, most fantasy analysts did not have Stefan Diggs in the top 20. There are so many stats. I believe I came on this podcast with a ton of stats about wide receivers changing teams which I said about DeAndre Hopkins, which actually ended up proving true over the season of DeAndre Hopkins. Got up to a hot start, but then they kind of kind of caught up to him a little bit. Really caught up to him. Not the case with Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen. And it was just really hard to find a guy who was very, very consistent. Mike Evans ends up in the top 10. But man, 
I can tell you, my wife had Mike Evans and I had a lot of really hard Sundays because he did not. He was not consistent, my man. He would have people put up a big old zero from time to time, and my whole Sunday was shot. Okay. <laughs> Top 10 numbers, tough conversations. <laughs> happening. Yeah, I, I think I think the Bucks were very surprising. I think even for someone who ranked Devontae Adams number two, I think the fact that he went so nuts for so many games and finish where he did having missed two games even surprised me who thought I, I did think Devonte Adams, if he finishes as a number one wide receiver would not surprise me. They had no other weapons. I, I thought a bounce back was coming for, for Aaron Rodgers in some sense, but man, to this degree, well, he had a seven game touchdown streak. I think he scored 12 touchdowns in that span. You picking him at number two was a really great call. And, you know, there's a couple outliers here, you know, really like you had Anthony Robinson in your top 12. I'm sorry, Allen Robinson in your top 12. That worked out again. He had a fantastic season, probably a little bit better than I thought he was going to have. Adam Thielen sneaks into the top 10 somehow, which is really funny to me because I think he only had, he had less than 800 receiving yards. It was all on touchdowns. You know, he had 13 touchdowns on the season. That's just not something that fantasy owners are going to get next year. So when they're looking at the projection rankings and they're seeing him in the top 10, I think that's one of the first question marks that I have looking at this top 10 list. You mentioned Stefan Diggs. Ask you a question. Let's go back to the trade. Let's spin it forward to 2021. Stefan Diggs or Justin Jefferson, who is more likely to be overranked in your opinion, or maybe overvalued heading into next year? I think it's going to be Stefan Diggs. I think we do this every year. We just base the next year's rankings on previous year's final scores. Now I will say Stefan Diggs, crazy consistent. He was probably the most consistent wide receiver. I think he never scored under double digit fantasy points and he might be the only fantasy player to have done that this year. Like even the Camaras and all these guys we'll talk about, they had some real dud games. Stefan Diggs did not do that. He will be on the team next year. Josh Allen will be on the team next year. They will probably have a very good offense again next year. But, but 1,500 yards again, I don't know. Yeah, and, and it's one of those things of he's also a guy that usually battles injury. He never makes it through a full season. He happened to this year, but he was banged up a lot. I just think there's going to be a lot of risk involved there, and you're going to be paying top dollar for him. And I think this year, was his ceiling like this was probably Stefan Diggs best year in Buffalo. Most likely Justin Jefferson. On the other hand, Ooh, baby, as someone who I think he's just getting started personally, I'm dying to see where he's going to be ranked next year. But like to what I think you're about to get into, I, if he isn't, you know, if, if he's not first round value, second round, third round, I'm probably starting to think about it. I, I thought he was fantastic. He's got a really bright future. He was really fun to own. He's really fun to watch. Not fun as a Bears fan when he's across the way. But man, oh man, this guy is crazy talented. How silly do the Eagles feel for going Rager over Justin Jefferson, a guy who barely is going to pass 700 yards this year? Man, they wish they had Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, oh, geez, anybody. I think Justin Jefferson's special. I think Thielen will probably go ahead of Justin Jefferson and I will hit the draft button 
every time, any day of the week next year for Justin Jefferson. He's going to be the guy that's on a lot of Dave's teams. Let's just put it that way. He's There's going to be a lot of Justin Jefferson on Dave's teams. And I think, you know, sign me up. Yeah, Dave, you got to start doing your line readings now because this is the key. This is the key to the schadenfreude. You know, when the guy four spots ahead of you takes Adam Thielen, you got to work your line readings and go, good pick. It's a good pick. Not the, he's the number one. Oh, yeah, the clear number one in the Vikings. Yep. Yeah, and you keep it really general and go top 10 last year. Hey, top 10 fans. A lot, lot of touchdowns. And then you wait, and then you take Justin Jefferson. <laughs> uh, I really like his value a whole lot heading into next year. In terms of my list, uh, Tyler Lockett made it in the top 15. Keenan Allen, really interesting story. Just a guy that, you know, has dealt with some injuries a couple seasons ago, but he's been healthy for the most part now. And with him and Justin Herbert, you know, I, I like his value a whole lot next year. I'm really curious to see where he ends up. You know, if he's not in the 20s, he's in the 30s, the 40s overall. I'm definitely going to be pouncing on top of that. But, Dave, I got to drag you. I got to drag you back into this one. Uh you laughed at me. You scoffed at me for DK Metcalf in my top 10, my friend. But then to your credit, you went out and you drafted him. Just tell me what was the experience like? I had him in my top 10 this year. He finished number seven overall. The dude is a monster. Uh, what was it like owning him in 2020? Well, first off, great call, Joey. That was that was truly you stuck your neck out. You saw it and you did it. I will say on the podcast, I was ribbing you, but what I was saying is please don't draft him in the top 10, but I absolutely loved his value that year. And, yes. and, and I was heavily targeting Russ Wilson this year, heavily targeting DK Metcalf where I could, because yeah, where you were getting him this year, he, he might be one of the biggest steals of the draft. Maybe Stefan Diggs, you got even a little later and was a little more consistent. But this guy blossomed before our eyes. A absolute monster. A Megatron in the making is in the NFL. And we got to witness it. And owning him was super fun, but at times super frustrating. Because he was like throwing punches this year. He was like, he was missing wide open balls. He got tackled on the one yard line three different games and then Chris Carson would punch it in. I mean, he would just do some things that really mad you, which makes you think we still haven't seen his ceiling. I really do think this isn't his best season because he also faced all the top corners in the league. Pick him out. Ramsey twice. Like all, all, all the shutdown corners, they would be on DK. They'd be double teaming him. So there is a chance, I do believe, that DK Metcalf can have an even better season next year. So I'll ask you, Joe, are you going to like his price in 2021? So if his price looks like Julio Jones, you know, in that top five wide receiver category, you know, a guy that maybe starts showing up on certain draft rankings in the nine to 15 overall range, I'm probably going to be pretty skeptical. And it's going to have a little bit to do with Russell Wilson's going to have a little bit to do with Seattle system. But man, I just, I love the talent. I love watching him. I literally put him in the top 10. Because I just I just think he's awesome. You know what I mean? I just love watching him play. I really want him to get an opportunity. And he got that opportunity. And you said even with a couple down games, he still finished seventh. The sky's the limit for this guy. I'm just really kind of curious, you know, heading into next year, you know, you're still going to have the Tyreek Hills of the world. I, get, I guarantee you probably Devontae Adams is probably going to be ranked a little bit ahead of him. But it is going to be an interesting question of, you know, is he going to be ahead of Michael Thomas? And what do you do with that situation? Where is DK now going to be a little overvalued? And maybe now you're going to wait a little bit and go for a Michael Thomas. It's a switcheroo situation 
you know, what do you see for DK in uh, 2021? Yeah, I love the guy. And like I said, we may not have seen his ceiling, but I think he'll be a little overvalued. That's just what happens. You know, he is going to be a top five wide out. I mean, I, I can't think of four or sorry, five other names that I'd rank ahead of him. And I think most people will do that. Most people will remember him being an absolute beast and they'll draft him that way. Like someone's going to want to own DK Metcalf because he's like a Tyreek Hill in that he's so fun to own. Like, why wouldn't you want DK? Everyone had to go up against DK Metcalf at one point and absolutely washed them. So I think he probably will be overvalued, but just as we always do, Joey, you and I are all about the values. We want the diamonds in the rough. We don't want the guys based on last year's value. And one of the calls I think we we did pretty well on the pod in the beginning is finding those diamonds in the roughs at wide receiver. I was all over Woods. I said he would finish ahead of Cooper Cup. That happened. But really, I'm going to hang my hat on Brandon Ayuk. He was the one I, I mentioned at the end of the pod as a guy who just – I liked, I liked him as a player, and he was stepping into a situation where I was like, this guy may be the number one on and the Niners. Dude, a dude that I drafted in our money league, in our tap yeah. ball money league, that I eventually dropped because he got injured and I had different problems with Dak Prescott getting hurt, all this other stuff. You ended up picking but him I up. I loved it. And it worked out. He's, I think he's got a bright future. Um, another guy that I like too a lot, too, is CeeDee Lamb. I was all over CeeDee Lamb this year. I picked him up in three leagues. And damn it, that first month, he was startable. I was putting him in lineups. It wasn't great, but there was something to build on. You know, their quarterback situation kind of ruined that. But that's another guy, too, that I think both those guys are going to have some pretty nice value, you know, heading into next year that could put possibly up wire one numbers, w, yeah. you know, wide receiver numbers. Yeah, and you're going to get a discount on them because there's just so many other wideouts who – when you look at the numbers, how they finished, how many touchdowns, how many receiving yards are going to be ranked ahead of them. But you're, it's all about seeing kind of that spark at the end of the season. That's what you should be focusing on that following season. And C.D. Lamb and Brandon Ayuk are two guys that have the skill, had the spark at moments in the year, and you're probably going to get a nice discount on them. Uh, before we hop out of wide receivers, real quick, I want to throw this at you. This might seem a little obvious, but I'm just going to throw you a list of names of guys that did not make the top 10 that were in our top 10 in the preseason. And you pick one of these guys that you think could has the best shot of getting back into the top 10 in 2021. All right. Uh, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Kenny Galladay, Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham, or Chris Godwin. Which one do you think has the, the best chance to get back into the top 10 next season? That's like, uh, what's that movie with Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis, Jason Statham? Yeah, those are the <laughs> expendable wide receivers for sure, my man. Julio Jones is a thousand percent an expendable. Yes. Gosh, none of the above? No, I, th I think it's probably Mike Thomas. I mean, you just kind of got to throw this season away as a whole. He may be he on was, another team. I know. Yeah, but he wasn't on the field. You know what I mean? And that's he wasn't on the field. And even when he is now, it does seem like there's something going on. Like they're punishing him. There, it, it's he's not getting the 14 targets. Michael, like, who'd you punch? Who'd yeah, you punch, it, Michael? Michael? It's, it's clear there was some bad blood between him and the team all that can be cured at the start of a season and it might be joe that as the saints okay let me not say this you know what i'm not going to say that i was going to say as the saints move through the playoffs but i forgot this sunday they're going to lose 
So you know As what? As the Saints look back on their what could have been playoff yes, run. Yes, yes. I think had the Saints beat the Bears, which they won't, which they will not, which I don't know when this is going to be released, but they won't, will not. I think we would have seen Mike Thomas, you know, they would have unleashed him fully. But again, next year, sign me up for the Mike Thomas discount. Now, huge caveat, who's going to be their quarterback? If it's Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill. Uh, I think or, what, rather... or what team is he on? You know, and there's, there's yeah. a lot there. So, but I, I, think, but... I think we're saying we like the value a lot with him because he's definitely going to take a dive one year removed from after from being like the number one for several seasons. Yeah. And I think I can honestly say all those other names you just named. I don't think any of those guys will be on my team. And, and I'm not like, obviously any players worth drafting at the right price, but I still think they'll probably all be ranked top 20. And I just, I just don't see them being able to get in there anymore. I think there's too many young guns coming up that are moving them out. Dave, let's hop over to the running backs, man, a position that, you know, typically this is where you build the foundation, the pillars of your fantasy team. I had actually kind of gotten away from that strategy the last couple of years. I sort of got back into it in a couple of leagues this year of, you know, the first couple of rounds, just draft those running backs and then, you know, see where you're at in that third, fourth round and go from there. But man, this was just a bloodletting this season. Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, top two picks. Don't even make a dent in the fantasy scoreboard this season. So this is going to mess with our top 10 rankings a little bit. I did end up getting five out of 10. The order was a little messed up. You know, I had Derrick Henry at the back end of the 10. He ended up right there at the top. I had Chubb in my top 15. That didn't really work out. But Dave, I think the real story is, you know, there was only a couple of guys that put up true RB1 numbers this year. And then after that, I mean, you've got the stat. I mean, I think after the top four guys, the amount of points differential, I think, goes from like, it's like, what'd you say, 337 to 247? It's It's almost like 100 points. It's crazy. Dalvin Cook put up 315. Of course, this is half PPR scoring. David Montgomery, our own David Montgomery, who'd have thunk, is number four, but with 237. So hefty. Yeah, hefty. 70 plus points there. So my question for you, Dave, moving forward is, you know, do fantasy teams need to start thinking about things differently? I did notice more than ever, you know, two running backs on the same team. You know, Jonathan Taylor got in the top 10, but he still had to compete with Naheem Hines all season long. You know, there were situations like that over and over again. What's your take on what happened to the running backs in 2020? You know, aberration. Are we going to get back to stasis a little bit next year? What do you think? Yeah, I think it's somewhere in the middle. I did something I told myself I would never do. I went into a draft with a clear plan and I stuck to it. I didn't just let the draft come to me, baby. I did not. I also didn't drink at the drafts this year, which I think was a mistake. I need to get loose. I need to get loose as a goose. Too practical, Dave. Too practical. Way too practical. Not enough risks. Because the year before, Joey, it worked out very well for me. When I was able to get like Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook on the same team in rounds one and two and just dominated the league. So I thought I just got to go running back, running back, maybe even go running back, running back, running back and just ride receivers deep, quarterbacks deep. And guess what? That was not the strategy because it was so hard to find those people. Even guys that ended up playing most of the season, the Kenyan Drakes of the world. I owned him in way too many leagues we thought austin eckler like if you were in the back half of that draft unless you walked out 
with Aaron Jones. Cause let's, let's face it. Even Chubb missed a bunch of games. There, there wasn't no one, no one escaped without any warts, you know, no one escaped without tanking your team a few weeks. It was brutal. And I think next year, maybe you're coming out of the first one or two rounds with one running back. But I think once again, they prove volatile and that's just a, a sticky situation. And, you know, let's start, let's start here. Cause I want to get into some of the younger running backs that actually did pretty well from themselves. They're going to be valued. Uh, I think very, there's going to be some tasty values on some of the younger guys. Let's just start here though, with a guy that, you know, is in the top five, Ezekiel Elliott next year. Is he going to be overvalued, properly valued or undervalued? Oof. I mean, I assume he'll be in the top 10 because his, because of name value and because, and, and real quick, be top back. 10, top 10 overall or top 10 among running backs. Probably both, probably both. But I think either way, man, this is, this is tough because he might be my guy that has burned me like so hard this year that I just, I just, our relationship is over. It cannot well, we'll be get salvaged. to him later too, but he's like the Matt Ryan, right? Where he's like, God, I've been playing fantasy football a long time. I've had this dude on my team a couple of times. Like I've played this game. I've done this. Do I really have to keep going that route? And my question is, you know, he, he had a strong finish. As you said, Dak Prescott eventually will probably come back. I don't think he's a top five running back anymore. He sure as shit is not a top five pick anymore. So I'm now asking myself questions of, you know, is he going to be undervalued? Is he going to be a guy that maybe I could target? Another thing, though, on top of that, though, is there's going to be some guys right next to him that are going to be very young, promising, maybe more promising values and assets. He's going to be a hard guy to handicap, in my opinion. Yeah, so right now I'm looking at the final standings, and he is one spot above Antonio Gibson. He is two spots above Ronald Jones. He's three spots above DeAndre Swift. Those are three names that if I'm looking at Zeke, I'm probably going the other direction. I'm probably smashing Antonio Gibson and DeAndre Swift, a younger guy. And to be honest, I owned him in two leagues and I watched a lot of games and he's no longer passing the eye test. He's like heavy footed. Now he does not look, he doesn't have the burst. Tony Pollard looks like a better running back. If I'm the Cowboys, I would do anything to free up all that money, send Zeke back to Turks and Caicos or wherever he was Tulum, Mexico and use Tony Pollard. I don't think I'll be owning Zeke probably at the price he will be next year. I think he'll be overvalued still. And there's guys on this list as well. You know, Chris Carson, the dude that we kind of had some high hopes for. I think we had each, each of us, we had him in our top 14, top 15. But Dave, the, I asked that question because what I want to really get to is I think the story from the running backs this year is, you know, you are going to get your Saquon back. You're going to get your Christian McCaffrey back. We can talk about Dalvin Cook's amazing season. We can talk about can Derrick Henry run for 2,000 yards again. But I think the real story, man, is what you already brought up. Antonio Gibson, DeAndre Swift. J.K. Dobbins. I mean, these are guys that have emerged, you know, even Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I'm going to love Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. We're going to love his value next year. Even a guy that it's going to be in his third year, Miles Sanders. You know, he was hurt at times. He was in, he got a top 10 designation this year. Didn't finish there. Where is he going to be next year? I think there's a new crop of guys, David Montgomery on, on our very own Chicago Bears. There's going to be a new crop of guys, I think, coming up, a new generation next year. 
So my question with Ezekiel Elliott is, I don't know, is he getting closer to Todd Gurley status? You know, than we probably ever thought that he would get to. Is he entering that phase of his fantasy career? I think that's the perfect comp. And look what happened this year with Todd Gurley. We thought, because at this point, what you're saying to yourself with Zeke is, well, he could still get 12 touchdowns. And that's what we've said at the beginning of this year with Todd Gurley. It's like, he lost the burst. He's kind of a plotter now. He's bigger back. He goes for three yards a clip, but... I mean, on the Falcons, he could fall in the end zone 12 times. Yeah, no, and ask yourself this question. Is there anything more damaging to your fantasy roster than being a year late on a running back? Ask David Johnson owners, right? Yes. I mean, if you if you pick a guy and you're like, this guy did this last year, and then the very next year he doesn't show up, that crushes your team, that ruins your team. Obviously, I think the running back position is a young man's game. I just think there's a nice generation of guys coming up next year to pick from. And I think that there's actually a lot of value there because I think some maybe more novice fantasy teams may not be fully aware of some of these guys. So I'm smelling a lot of value at that position all of a sudden. Yeah, big time. I think this might be the year where you can get a wide receiver in the first two rounds, knowing that rounds three and four, like all of these guys, I think are going to end up in the three and fourth round range. And it's going to be... I think that's where I'm going to be going running back, running back, trying to get two of those guys that you just listed. Although I will say my boy who we talked about on the first podcast. And when we did our mid season recap, you asked me, even though Jonathan Taylor seemed like he was slumping, could he pull it together in the season run? I said, this schedule gets pretty tasty. And I think this guy's a star. And I think next year we will be talking about a top 10 drafted running back. Jonathan Taylor is going to go in the top 10 next year. And I think he deserves it. I'm in agreement with you completely. Question before we move on to quarterbacks. Last question on running backs. Are the Bears going to have two top 20? Okay, let's assume we keep A-Rob and we franchise A-Rob. Are the Bears going to have two top 20 fantasy players on the board heading into next year's draft? Yes, and I'll think I think that they will exceed value once again. I think David Montgomery is going to get a little disrespect again from the fantasy community. The Bears always do. Allen Robinson's always a nice price. I think David Montgomery will be. And so I think, yeah, I think they'll both be top 20 picks, and I think they'll end up the year in, in top 20 plays. I get that it's been pretty poor run defenses with that we the, the Bears have been playing that Dave Montgomery's really come along. But I'm starting to see a player. He's making cuts now. He's making move. He's creating missed tackles, which was his like shining achievement through college. Like that was the guy we drafted was nobody breaks more tackles than David Montgomery. And then that first year we're like, this the same guy? This the this that guy? <laughs> you sure? And now we're starting to see it. And I think confidence is everything for athletes. A lot of times this is just as much mental as it is physical. And I think we're starting to see the David Montgomery that we thought we drafted. And it's going to be a beautiful thing, guys. I really do think bears fans should be excited. Yeah. The touches and yards, obviously they went up and during this little run over the last month, what I like about him the most who heading into next year is he just feels like a really efficient guy to me in short yardage goal line situations. I mean, not to knock on, Matt Forte, a dude that I love. I love Matt Forte, fantasy darling. But man, I tell you, 
when he'd get inside that two or three yard line, he would kind of have a hard time punching it in. There's certain guys that can take you all the way down there. I feel like he, maybe even Josh Jacobs at times had trouble doing this, but Dave Montgomery, I feel like when he gets to that two yard goal uh, to the two yard area and by the goal line, hand on the ball, he's going to get you that touchdown. So I do like that a lot in terms of fantasy value moving forward. And it's crazy. I don't even know who our quarterback will be next year for the bears, but it's definitely possible that we will have two top 20 picks to select from Montgomery probably maybe would have been in the top 30 this year, but because he had that groin injury, he fell like crazy. He fell like a rock down the, down the fantasy charts. Cause no one knew what he was going to be able to put up. And you know, and now he's in the top five to finish out the season. Dave, let's move over to quarterbacks, a position that we got pretty good. We, we were pretty right on spot on with the top 10, top 12 guys uh, that we're going to be putting up fantasy numbers this year. The order wasn't exactly online, but that's okay. We got the list. Correct. You got six out of 10, right? Um, and I got seven out of 10, right? The, mo- the predominant ones that we got correct, Mahomes, Lamar, Russ, Deshaun, Kyler, Josh Allen was both in our top 10, our top 12s. Brady was in each of our top 12s. He snuck into the seven. The two things that I want to talk to you about, let's give it up, man. They said they were wrong. They said we were crazy, Dave. They said that we were off our rockers, but both of us still put Matt Ryan <laughs> in our top 12 among fantasy quarterbacks. And what does he do? It's not pretty. Still puts up top 12 numbers again. I mean, what do you got to say about Matt Ryan? Old faithful. Yeah, I think this is it for him. I think we'll never say that again. I think he's done. But we got him while it gets good. And we said everyone had Julio Jones ranked inside the top 10. They had Calvin Ridley as this year's breakout star. Everybody saw that coming. They had Austin Hooper in the type top 10 tight ends. And I just kept going, yeah, why, who do you think's throwing them the ball? Like their defense is garbage. They're going to have to throw and they're in a division. We kept saying this division going to have to put up points, going to have to put up points. And guess what? Every quarterback in that division proved fantasy worthy this year. I mean, we knew that. I mean, come on. Everyone saw that. And so it just seemed like a no brainer, Matt Ryan. Yeah. Throw him in the top 10. It ain't going to be pretty. We said it wasn't. He will end up there. He did small pat on our backs. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, you know, Matt Ryan, it was just one of those things where I had to come to grips with it, where every single year I, I avoid him at all costs. It's cause it's not fun. What is fun about drafting Matt Ryan? And when you walk back, you know, we weren't able to be with people this year for the draft, but sometimes you, you put your name on the board, you walk back and people like, go, oh, yeah, good pick, man. Cool. Pat on the back a little bit, Matt Ryan, you get crickets. No one cares. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh wow, you picked uh you picked Wonder Bread. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. It will it's be like, delicious. You, Enjoy it. You're <laughs> the guy at the Froyo counter. You've passed up all those amazing toppings and you're like, just the vanilla ice cream, please. I was gonna say, <laughs> say what's this flavor? Ice? Yeah. Mm, <laughs> delicious. I think the guy that we probably whiffed on the most, which probably everyone whiffed on, was Carson Wentz. We don't need to go into that with great detail. Can the we, reason why the reason why we did it was you know, the guy's a multi-touchdown. He's good for at least two touchdowns every single game. We did think with their weapons and stuff, they were going to have to throw the ball a little bit. And a lot of Carson Wentz's game was throwing the ball to running backs and tight ends. Eagles had plenty of those. That season fell apart. You know, anything you can say over the tombstone of Carson Wentz? Uh, Carson Wentz, this seemed great on paper. It truly did. And he just looks like a guy who's like kind of lost his confidence. He, I think speaking of that mental aspect, 
I think Carson Wentz is a guy who, who really got in his head and is just becoming like Jameis Winston 2.0. Like, you're just like, what, what decisions are you making? My friend, I hope to God, he's not on the bears next year. Something tells me he's going to be like a cowboy or something like that. Or, or, or they're saying Indianapolis Colts right now. Okay. Frank, Frank Reich. And, there you go. There yeah. you go. That, that checks out, that checks out. That sounds about right. But yeah, man, I mean, at some point I was thinking, let's just see what they got on this other guy. And thank God they did, because it looks like they got a budding star in Jalen Hurts. But Joey, I want to ask you about this. You said Wentz was our biggest whiff, but I think our biggest whiff and everyone's biggest whiff in the entire fantasy football community is obviously Lamar Jackson. Yeah, so funny, right? Where Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson almost like switched bodies for a season. Where uh, we, both of us had Josh Allen, I think around the nine ten mark in terms of our rankings, and then we had Lamar number two because of his performance the previous season. Josh Allen shoots up to number one on the charts this year, and Lamar what barely gets into the top twelve. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, and he gets into the top twelve in like out of his last four games, really. Like he just made like a hail mary attempt to get in that top twelve, but for a full season. I can guarantee you there's not a lot of fantasy teams in the fantasy championships that had Lamar Jackson. Most likely they're in that consolation bracket with Lamar Jackson blowing up for them a little too late. Yeah. If you can break down for us, just what you saw from Lamar Jackson this year, you know, still plenty of rushing yards, still some pretty big performances, but by and large, pretty inconsistent. You know, what do you see for him next year? Did you feel like that he took a step back this year? I kind of got a whiff a little bit of like they're they were coasting on some weapons that probably weren't as upper echelon or elite as maybe they thought they were. And maybe that's where they need to improve. What do you think about Lamar Jackson in 2021? I don't know what to think if I'm being honest. And I didn't know what to think at the beginning of this year. And that's why I don't, I didn't own him on, in any league. I didn't like his price. It's very, very, very hard to have a second season like the one he did. It's very hard to get half of that. And he didn't. And stats don't lie. It's very, very hard to do. I'll be curious to see if Josh Allen can have another season like he did this year, next year. But Lamar Jackson, he never really had the weapons. They just got into this, like, they were just in a in a groove. Like, they had a special year. They could run the heck out of the ball. And that freed up a lot for Lamar Jackson. But we, we hear about this all the time with these quarterbacks that are really good at scrambling in the NFL. They do it for one season. Then you get the tape. Then you have all off season to game plan for Lamar Jackson. And Marquise Brown is like, has my body type. He's playing wide receiver. That's not going to cut it. Mark Andrews was a guy I thought would finish as like, could possibly finish as a number one tight end. He really kind of took a step back. He had an awful year and he still finished seventh. I mean, we'll yeah. get tight ends. You know, what does yeah. that say? But I'm with you. Not a great season at all. And and I I honestly, next year, I the only guy I'm very excited about on the Ravens is J.K. Dobbins. And I don't think there's another Raven that I'm very excited about. I have no idea what their passing attack is going to look like. And I think Lamar Jackson will be a roller coaster type fantasy player. He's going to have some big weeks and he's going to have some really bad weeks. And I think that's just who he is. Yeah, the lesson I'm probably taking away from this quarterback list is 
especially from last year too, trying to sort of read the tea leaves for 2021 is you have to be really careful with the top because the chances of a guy, you know, leading the league in fantasy points multiple years in a row, if your name is not Patrick Mahomes, it's a really difficult thing to do. So I'm already looking at Josh Allen and saying to myself, can he be a top five next year? Absolutely. Is he going to lead the league in fantasy points again? Probably not. Aaron Rodgers, you know, the passing yards aren't really there. He's just got 45,000 touchdowns, right? And they all, you know, a ton of them happen in the red zone. He set an NFL record with, I think, 24 touchdowns in the second quarter alone, which is just a crazy stat. You know, he's not going to be there. He wasn't even in our top 12, Dave. A, because we hate the Packers. But B, you know, the guy was just a little bit older. We just didn't think he was going to get it done that way. I think moving forward, you're going to want to look in that middle area, you know, like the, the tried and trues, right? Like Mahomes, Deshaun, Kyler, Russ. I think those are the bedrock guys that you can just pick up every single season and you're going to get top five, top six numbers from. I would probably go and target that area. Of course, I got, you know, zealous and I drafted, I think, Dak Prescott in the third round. Just wanted to take care of business. It was working out, Dave, and obviously then he got hurt. You know, his value, I think, is going to be really interesting. It's probably just going to depend on what, you know, the big wigs rank him as, you know, and we'll find out what his value is. You know, I like him next year, but it'll just depend on, you know, how high they rank him, I suppose. Before we get out of the quarterbacks, I want to ask you this. Each position, we've kind of commented on the rookies. I think it's time to talk about that with quarterbacks now. So, Joey, I'll ask you this. Next year, Burrow, let's just say, all things go well with the recovery. We hope that does happen. Justin Herbert, Tua, Jalen Hurts, all showed signs of fantasy life. Maybe Tua not, not as much. But out of those four, who do you think is going to be the best value, and who's going to end up on Joey's team the most? Great question, Dave. You know, uh, you know, per our roto ball, our checkdown, we've sung the praises of Justin Herbert all season long. There's a lot to like about him. Really big arm, tons of weapons. I think out of all those options, I think the weapons on the Chargers are by far the the most intriguing to me. They're going to get a new head coach, which is also going to be, you know, perhaps something that could help bump up his value. But I'll be honest with you, based on his play in the last month and heading into next year, I think his value is going to be the worst. Um, I like Justin Herbert. I owned him in two leagues this year, and I am probably not going to be selecting him next year. The best value is probably going to be Tua. The guy that I'm going to be targeting is Joe Burrow. I think the dude is legit. Um, I, I think he was on a Cincinnati Bengals team that wasn't very good, and he was still able to make things happen. Now, it wasn't, as you notice, a week-to-week thing. But when he was able to get going a little bit and get in his groove, the guy was already putting up 350 passing yards a game, you know, three touchdowns, stuff like that already as a rookie. I could see a scenario where Cincinnati works on the offensive offensive side of the ball in the draft. And it could be either offensive tackle or maybe they go off and they maybe they're the ones that get Devontae Smith, the new Heisman Trophy winner from Alabama as a wide receiver, you know, something along those lines. And I'm just going to like his value. I think he's going to be sitting in that 12 to 15 area, 16 area of quarterbacks, when I think he could be a top 10, that's probably the guy that I'm targeting. Two is going to be way down there, in my opinion. So I, I do like the value there, but he's got a lot to prove. He's got to prove that he's healthy. I just don't think he looked like, you know, he looked like a dude. I know it was a hip thing, but he just looked like that guy in basketball the year after the torn ACL, right? Like he isn't dunking yet. He's playing but he's not like dunking. He's kind of just laying it into the hoop and sort of getting by. That's kind of what I saw from Tua. So 
a lot to think about, a lot to, you know, digest there moving forward. What say you, Dave, out of those guys, who's, who's the best value and which guy would you probably be targeting and picking? I agree with you. I think it's going to be Joe Burrow. I think he's going to be the best value. I think he's a guy that I'm probably going to own a lot next year. It sounds really weird, but I kind of like his weapons. I owned T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. And eventually I just started starting them both because you could. <laughs> and I think who's still going to be very undervalued, especially with this weird last game they played. Jalen Hurts is really fun to watch. And he came in, he got thrown in there with a full off season. I think all of the things, again, I think we're like a year too early on the Eagles, but I think all the things we talked about, which is why we liked Carson Wentz and all the weapons and Miles Sanders and Rager and who knows what they'll do in the offseason and finally get rid of Alshon Jeffrey. I think next year, like he's going to be the guy that you're like looking at in the like 15, 16th quarterback off the board when everyone else is like, oh, I guess I'll go Big Ben. And he's going to be my second quarterback. That's like my home run hit that could win me the league, but I didn't have to pay that kind of value for. That's a great point uh, because you're right. Their, their, their weapons, the constitution of their weapons wasn't really complete at any point last year or this year, whatever, you know, I still like miles Sanders a whole lot. I think for a young quarterback like Jalen hurts, who maybe can't necessarily hit that 15 yard out route, on the, on the dime every single time. I think a guy like Miles Sanders to lean on is huge. Dallas Goddard. I do like Jalen Rager. I, I think he can be like a quality wide receiver in this foot in this league, but he's going to need a little bit more time. That is a really interesting call. I just keep looking at Joe Burrow and I know that there's this one offensive tackle. I'm going to butcher his name. So I'm just not going to see it now, but there is an offensive tackle expected to go in the top five, top six area who is supposed to be, plug and play pro bowl right away shot at the hall of fame. See you later. He's on your team for the next 15 years. And if I'm the Cincinnati bagels, I'm probably looking at a guy like that. And if the Bengals do put that on there with like you said, T Higgins and Tyler Boyd, even if they don't get a Devonte type Smith or whatever, I think all of a sudden Joe Burrow can take a huge leap. So out of those guys, I'm definitely taking a look at that. Let's hit the tight ends, Dave. Um, do we have to, I know Dave, I, I, I'm trying to figure out at what point do I ask the question? Should we even have tight ends in fantasy football anymore? Because it's kind of getting ridiculous, right? I got, we got, I got five out of 10. Correct. But you know what? After, after Travis Kelsey, after Darren Waller, you know, what is the tight end position truly to you other than guys that just catch touchdowns. It's really, you're just trying to pick the touchdown per week. You know, Dave hop in. What was your thought on tight ends in 2020? Get rid of them. Yeah. It's, it's time. And here's what we mean by get rid of them. It's just change the tight end slot to a flex where you could throw in a tight end. I think Travis Kelsey should be on fantasy teams. He's a stud. Darren Waller should be on fantasy teams. But talk about a number gap. Travis Kelsey put up 260 points. That's like pretty good wide receiver, low end wide receiver one numbers. And real quick, that's a top six running back. True, true, true. The number three tight end in half PPR scoring was Robert Tunyon with 150. So you want to talk about a, a drop that we talked about? Uh, that and he had 11 touchdowns. 110 points less. Here was his yardage total. It was in the uh, 500s, some, somewhere in there. Yeah, 586. No yeah. thank you. 
it shouldn't be an argument with your league unless they own Travis Kelsey, because everyone should be pulling their hair out with tight ends. It's so hard to pick. It's my least favorite part of, of picking daily fantasy. So many of my lineups, every single person I picked hit. And then it's like, oh, this is the week I picked Irv Smith when he got four points on DraftKings and I missed out on a hundred bucks or something. It's so frustrating. Between them and defenses, it's getting to the point now where it's like, if you want your fantasy football league to be more about skill and less about blind luck, that's why we moved into half point PPR because standard league was all about touchdowns and that's usually about luck. So let's eliminate the tight ends. Let's get rid of defenses or certainly negative scoring, or at least make the scoring a little bit uh, closer to what real defenses should be getting points for and call it a day, Joe. What do you think? Well, people want to bitch about field goal kickers and, you know, bringing them in because it's not part of the game or it's always so random and arbitrary. I mean, look no further than the tight end. I mean, you've got Gronk here in your top 12. He might retire this year. You've got Mark Andrews, who I don't think any person that had Mark Andrews on their fantasy team was happy with their output this year. He's at number seven. We got a guy at number 11 named Jimmy Graham, who might not even be on the Bears next year because they're just going to cut him because he's he's old and wasn't really able to, you know, I mean, he got eight touchdowns. That's great. But I mean, most of the time he was two receptions for 25 yards. So what are we doing here? Fantasy freaks, honestly, where you're looking at what? 2.5 points and 8.5 points. while someone's sitting on your bench, actually scoring points. I mean, I'm with you, Dave, at this point, there really needs to just change it where you turn it into like a Y slash T position where it can be another wide receiver or a tight end because you do want to have Travis Kelsey on your team. You do want to have Darren Waller on your team. They're not a detriment. They're actual guys who put up serious fantasy numbers. And then beyond that, you know, you, you've, you know, you really got me guessing. I mean, George Kittle got hurt this year. You know, that's no one's fault. That sucks if you drafted him. It didn't work out. But man, beyond that, holy moly. I mean, Johnny Smith, who was talking about Johnny Smith this year? He ended up in the top 10 too as well. It's a position that just doesn't work anymore. It doesn't make any sense. And it's really, really frustrating. I did the philosophy though. This year I said to myself, you know what? Screw it. I'm not going to sit around and pick up the Daniel Schultz's of the world in the 12th round and just pick and parcel and every single week sit around and, and, you know, rack my brain and lose sleep over. Should I start Vance McDonald or should I start John U. Smith or, you know, all that stuff. So I just went up in second round. I picked up Travis Kelsey in two leagues. I said, screw it. It worked out great dunk. And he was, I think in the top 15 overall, he's probably going to be a little bit higher probably going to be a little bit overvalued. I mean, the dude just had one of the greatest tight end seasons of all time. Can he repeat that? He's a year older. I don't think so. So my strategy in theory worked this year, but next year going into it, he's going to be overvalued. So I don't know how my philosophy or my strategy is really going to pay off next year. Cause who is that guy out there? You know, am I really going to take Darren Waller in the second and third round and just call it a day? No, that's silly. It's really kind of coming to the point where the rubber meets the road where maybe some of these fantasy leagues need to sit down and be like, hey, do we want to keep doing this? We don't have to. We can change things if we want to. And maybe we're calling for it right here on Believe in Betting Chicago. It's supposed to be fun, y'all. Okay. Tight ends and defenses make it no fun at all. Like the amount of pick sixes is here. Because look, 
more the, 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 the backup best. quarterbacks played this year than any other season. There was like 52 people behind center this year. It was absolutely insane. It's not fair. They're signing people off the street. They're getting baggers at Trader Joe's, throwing them behind center and putting them on the Bengals. It just wasn't fair. It was well, so Dave, silly. Dave, you know, uh, figuring out who the best fantasy tight ends are doesn't need to be some trivia question. That is the answer, Logan Thomas. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't have to be like that. And I just think the position is changing. I don't really know if you want to change up your scoring. I would just, I would just combine them all and get rid of it. You know, I mean, personally, it would certainly help out with bye weeks too as well, because it's that one position that you really have no flexibility with. You have to plan for ahead of time. And let's say you do have that stud Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey in there, that bye week is coming and you are definitely gonna have to play some sort of dud, you know, at least in the defense and the field goals, you can play a matchup that you like. Chances are, you know, you are just punting on that one position during that bye week and just, you know, crossing your fingers and hoping for the best. Yeah, Joe, I just pulled up the final standings and points. Here are a few wide receivers that are around that same point range as Robert Tunyon. And you tell me if you'd rather start Robert Tunyon or these players. Uh, Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, fun. Tyler Boyd. Sounds fun to me. Jarvis Landry, Michael Gallup, Devontae Parker, Emmanuel Sanders, Jerry Judy, Mike Williams. Come on. DJ Shark, let's get these guys into people's lineups. That's the spirit of, yeah, the spirit of the game. It would be a lot more fun watching those guys take end arounds and catch post routes for 25 yards than like Andy Dalton sitting back there. Man, he really is. He's got a connection going with Daniel Schultz today. Six yard pickup. It's now third and 17. Um, <laughs> Dave, uh, I think we've covered ground, the cover the ground there. Let's hit, hit some awards. Let's do a little lightning round please, here to wrap up this please. pod. I think uh, it's apropos. Let's just start it off right away. Who's your fantasy MVP in 2020? Who was the guy that uh, was most valuable? For me, it's got to be Alvin Kamara for a few reasons. One, he had a really hot start. The time he cooled off was just a couple games in the middle. And to me, no player can burn you like the first or second week of the playoffs. Like when a carry, when a player just carries you there and then lays in stinky dud, like DK Metcalf and Russ Wilson did for me, like it, it really does leave a bad taste in your mouth. It really does. But Alvin Kamara put up one of the greatest fantasy games of all time in the fantasy playoffs. You he, challenged, about- he challenged Cloyce box. <laughs> he sure did. Doug Martin, who he just, just destroyed him. I mean, it was unbelievable. That's the kind of fantasy player you want that deserves to be an MVP. And Hey, we said it on this podcast that this was the Alvin Kamara bounce back year. He's just such a fun, dynamic player. I don't think there's any running back like him, like with his frame, the way he runs, who can just take it to the house the way maybe Chris Johnson, like prime Chris Johnson kind of reminds me of him. So fun to watch, super consistent, and gets it done with receptions, uh, rushing touchdowns. Like, I mean, he does it all. Like, you know, he is the Christian McCaffrey of the Saints. For me, Alvin Kamara. That's a great point, Dave, because I remember in the preseason, I know that you were really excited about it. I was as well, where it's one of those rare instances where if you're a fantasy team and you end up with that sixth pick in, sixth pick in the draft, that seventh pick, you're like, ah, 
damn it, you know, I'm on the outskirts of the, you know, the elite choices. But this year we were so excited because they had Alvin Kamara at like five and six. You're like, oh, wait a second. So I'm at six. Then I end up with Alvin Kamara. Are you kidding me right now? I'm 100 percent on board with it. You're right. He had a great bounce back season. You know, he got paid. He's all set up. I don't even know what moving forward, what happens to Drew Brees in New Orleans. But even if it is Taysom Hill or whoever it is moving forward, I still like Alvin Kamara's value. I don't think that that's really going to change. Moving forward, that's a great pick. I'm going with Josh Allen. I mean, it's obvious he's the number one fantasy scorer in the entire league. But I'm going with that, the MVP, because for whatever reason, maybe it was me personally, maybe it was our league. You know, the, the Buffalo Bills, they had a couple Monday night games this year. They had a couple Thursday night games this year. And it's it's funny. When you do the bookends in fantasy, it's the let's get my team off to a great start or let's see if my team can come back and win. And Josh Allen, I just feel like every Monday night performance, the dude was putting up 40 points. He was the one guy this year, more than honestly Mahomes, I'll be real, more than Mahomes, that if he was on the other side and I was playing against him and I looked at it, I just went, oh, shit. It's like, oh man, I better score some points. I better have, I better not have a 20 point lead. I better have a 45 point lead because this dude's coming in. And more often than not, you know, if you were up by maybe that 27 on a Monday night and you had no one else left and the other guy had Josh Allen, Josh Allen would drop a 40 on you. And for me, that's like the true test of a fantasy MVP just for this season. Lamar Jackson was the same way last year where when you're going up against him, you're like, oh man, like, this is the Lamar Jackson week. I have to figure out how to get through this. For me, it was Josh Allen this year. Let's see if he can do it in the playoffs. Is he going to be overvalued next year for sure? But for this year, he's the fantasy MVP. Dave, let's Very go deserving. to let's go to fantasy steal of the season. Who do you think was the best value? You know, who are you most happy about getting on your team? Something that worked out for you. Well, I have to put a little caveat. I think the best steal of the draft was Stefan Diggs because he was being drafted by most people and you were getting him in the sixth, seventh, eighth round. And he is ending up as a top three wide receiver and was the most consistent. Like I said, no games of single digits. That's really impressive. That's an absolute steal. The steal of the year was whoever picked up week one, James Robinson off of waivers. Great call. He actually proved to be the steal. And I know that uh, it wasn't exactly a steal of the draft. Maybe someone drafted him because the news was kind of breaking right around then that um, I forget who the running back was going to be. Maybe rock. Well, they, let, they, let, they let Fournette go. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, there was, yeah, there was a carousel situation of who was going to take it over. Yeah. I'll tell you what my biggest regret of my entire life is Joey, my entire life. Um, a buddy of mine got out of our draft in one of our leagues and he texted me and said, Hey, I messed up, pal. I messed up our draft. I need your help. I said, what happened? He said, I didn't really draft many running backs. And I looked at his team and I went, Oh buddy, you did not. Now me, I looked at my team. I had Zeke. I had Chris Carson. I had uh, Ronald Jones. I was, I was thinking, Oh, I'm stacked and set to go. And I said, you know what, pal, I don't really need any running backs, but uh, if I'm you, I'm picking up James Robinson. He said, who? I said, James Robinson on the Jaguars. I think he has a chance to start. And when I tell you that James Robinson destroyed me every time I played his team, <laughs> I needed him. At one point, I lost Zeke. I lost Chris Carson. Ronald Jones wasn't playing. I should have. I could have used James Robinson, Joey. And he <laughs> proved to be quite the steal. 
a lot of choices. Some of the guys we've already mentioned, you know, I wanted to go Travis Fulgham. I wanted to go Fulgham on this one, but unfortunately after about three weeks, they stopped throwing the ball. What the hell happened? But some guys that we already mentioned that were great steals this year, uh, you know, David Montgomery comes to mind, you know, he slipped all the way into the fifties, turned into a top five, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Justin. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers was a great pickup. Justin Jefferson, Tom Brady had some excellent value this too, as well. Um, I want to throw Chase Claypool out there, you know, a dude that honestly in a couple of leagues was my final pick as in like, wasn't even close to perhaps being in the cue box for a lot of people, a guy that I just loved really a whole lot out coming out of college. Um, you know, a guy that I hope that the bears would draft a guy that I think was kind of like a tight end slash wide receiver dude. I thought he was really interesting. Went to a perfect situation and for a nice little stretch there, wasn't exactly the most consistent guy in the world, but for about a six week stretch there, you know, if you're in a PPR league, he gave you at least 13, 14 points a game, sometimes about 20 in other leagues, you know, seven to 10 each week. I think he's got a really bright future. The fantasy steal for me, though, like in the end is Justin Herbert. We've talked about him a whole lot. Set a rookie record for touchdowns. I don't think he was on anybody's radar. I know I picked him up off the waiver wire and ended up playing him the rest of the season. So I don't know if he was drafted. A lot of guys were going up there and getting Joe Burrow. I took two a, a super late in one draft thinking that I was, you know, a little smarty pants. And it turned out to be Justin Herbert. I think that's the big steal of the draft. Yeah, I completely agree. In our other show, we hammered him week in and week out for Daily Fantasy, and each week he paid dividends. Yeah, we moved into his house for a yeah. while. Yeah, we're roommates. We're roommates. Wearing, wearing his clothes. Um, Dave, what else do we got on the list here? I'm looking. You had a, you had a good one. Um, you had a good award that you wanted to propose. What was it? Yeah, this is we can call it fantasy poison. We can call him the fantasy murderer, whatever. you. This is the guy you drafted this year. Now you've now you're sworn enemies. He will never be on another one of your teams. He burnt you so freaking hard. This for me is an absolute slam dunk. I was all over this guy in the preseason. And now he he makes my stomach turn, my hair standing up, even thinking about Kenyon this, Drake. The, your skin color is changing. Yeah, Kenyon Drake. Oh, the Drake Hotel, buddy. The Drake Hotel, 16 touchdowns in 2019, only playing half the season with the Cardinals. He had like a couple of 160-yard games. To be honest, I always remember Kenyon Drake being like, a little smaller and fast. I don't know why. And then I see this big plotting Steven Jackson wannabe guy who's just running straight into the butts of his own offensive line, not making anybody miss, getting stuffed at the goal line once, twice, thrice, four times every other game. This is his log right now, Joey. This is, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, Seven games of 10 or less fantasy points. You drafted him probably in the back of the first round, the top of the second round. And here's what happened. Kyler Murray's their goal line back. He Cam Newton'd him. You know, he just completely washed his value. Chase Edmonds looked like the better running back all the time and sometimes would outscore him. Then finally, Kenyon Drake gets hurt and you're like, finally. I get to start Chase Edmonds. I've been saving him all year. You take him out of the closet, you dust him off, and then he lays a turd. I'm just going to say Cardinals running backs, not going to own him anymore. I'm done. You're done. 
Bye bye. Yeah, that was a tough. That was a tough call, especially with the Cardinals moving forward too, because they're that team that's like kind of on the rise, and especially from a fantasy perspective, they're on the rise, but they keep stumbling um, at the finish line every single time. They're running a great race, and then they just fall right on their face before that finish line. So kind of continues to raise questions moving forward. You know, is Kyler Murray still an ascending player? Had an amazing season, right? But can he put it together for a full 16-game stretch or from a fantasy perspective, a 15-game stretch? For me, this one's pretty easy. You don't have to get into it a lot. It's Odell. I've loved Odell very deeply. I've had him on teams before. This year, you know, his value went down a little bit, but it was still pretty decent. I mean, I still feel like he was being drafted as a wide receiver one, wide receiver maybe two top end wise. You know, when he was in there, he didn't do a ton, then obviously got hurt. Now he's got, an, uh, you know, he got an ACL injury. You know, he's going to get a lot of name recognition next year. Really curious to see in the rankings who's he going to be sitting next to, you know what I mean, on that draft ranking sheet. I'm just staying away from the guy. He's been on my teams before. He's burned me in the past. He's hurt now. Who knows what team he'll be on? Who knows what kind of health he'll be in? I just don't think that he's going to be on my team next year. I'm just going really, to say that really- right now. I'm really surprised you didn't even bring up Derek Carr, Joey. I know how hard this is for you. I was going to, but does that even what a does trigger? That, but does that even count? <laughs> no, that even no count? he doesn't. I lost. He doesn't. Yeah. Well, I lost Dak Prescott, and you know what I mean. Then all of a sudden, you're scrambling, baby. You're going to Jared Goff. You're going to Derek Carr. You're piecing together a Drew Brees, and he gets hurt. You come back to Derek Carr, but yeah, absolutely. I never wanted him on my team in the first place, Dave. That's why you can't give him the award. But for, yeah, for a guy that could put up 26 one week and then fumble more times than fantasy points that he scores, it's truly an incredible feat. And I hope that I'm never there ever again. Dave, one of the one of our final uh, award categories, one of my favorite ones, actually, because this is this is what fantasy football is all about. Who is most likely to be your biggest fantasy crush heading into 2021? A guy that maybe ever popped this year who you can't wait to own next year, or maybe a guy that's flying under the radar that's going to have a great value that you think is going to have a big season. Who's it going to be? Well, if we learned anything, Joey, it's to bet on age, the young guns. This year, I think I'm going to bet on J.K. Dobbins to really deliver next year. I would say Jonathan Taylor, but I think he is going to be a first-rounder next year and deserves to be. J.K. Dobbins is a guy that also is really getting hot as the season ended but isn't is getting as much attention. I think they get rid of Mark Ingram next year. I think they kind of pull back the reins on Gus Edwards. And like we said, we don't know what to make of the Ravens. We don't know what to make of Lamar Jackson, but they'll always be a, a, a dominant rushing team. They will. And JK Dobbins, I think he's special. And I think you'll be able to get him in the fourth, fifth round next year. And I think he'll be on a lot of my teams. It's a great pick. Uh, he was my, I did in one league. I, I stayed away from the second running back to like the sixth or seventh round. And I took him It was a slow start. They didn't really give him a lot of touches early on, even though he was finding the end zone, which was kind of weird. I fell in love with Gus Edwards for a long stretch of time. Something that I don't really understand. I think that's a great call. The guy that I'm going with is in the exact same area that you're going with. It's almost like we're switching guys here because JK Dobbins was my guy this year. There was a guy that was your guy this year who I absolutely love next year. And it's the Fresh Prince of Clyde Edwards Hilaire, a guy really? that here's why, because he was so wildly overvalued this year. Right. He was what the guy that maybe sixth, seventh off the board total still had a pretty decent season, got hurt a little bit. They had to go to Le'Veon Bell. They had to lean back from him just a touch. I still think they like him a whole lot. And what I see is a guy that 
put up pretty decent numbers, but is not going to be the sixth or seventh overall. He's going to take a hard ranking hit, I think, in the other direction. A lot of guys are going to jump in front of him. I'd be really curious to see about, we keep talking about now, Antonio Gibson, DeAndre Smith, DeAndre Swift, excuse me, Edward Solaire, J.K. Dobbins. Which of these guys, how are these guys going to be ranked heading into the next year? If Edward Solaire is by any chance behind any of those guys, I'm loving it, right? And I think all of a sudden, if you are in a situation where let's just say, I don't know, you know, you're in that back end of the second round, you take a running back, you know, you take a guy early on, you know, take a Dalvin Cook early and he comes back around. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, I think, is gonna be right there for you, maybe in that 25 to 30 area as your second running back. I just like him still. You know, you know that you like him, you know that you think that he's super talented. Didn't really do it this year. I think next year is the year that you target him and pick him up. And I think he can have a great season. I love the pick, Joey. I love the player when he's on the field. I mean, the dude is juking dudes out of their shoes. Everything seemed like it was set up for success. The one worry I have with him moving into next year is going to be touchdowns. He just doesn't get it done on the goal line and they just basically stopped using him. I don't think the chiefs will ever stop using multiple running backs, but like you're saying the value, I mean, is Le'Veon Bell on the Chiefs next year? Like, does he no. really like, you know, is he really an actual factor? Maybe Damian Williams comes back because he took the year off because of COVID. But I, Spencer I like Spencer Ware is still out there. No. <laughs> sure. He always will. Spencer Ware and what is it? Darrell Williams yeah. will always find a way on the, the Chiefs. The other guy, too, just real quick. And we've got a, you know, a national championship game coming up for a lot of people to probably take a look at him and might change his value and everything because we're going to see where he goes. The Ohio State running back Sermon um, is amazing. <laughs> that dude is legit. And I'm Special. really curious. Yeah, I'm really curious to see because you've got now. It's a it's a deep wide receiver class. It's a deep, you know, there's going to be about three quarterbacks, I think, taken in the first round, and they got some offensive tackles, too, that are going to be really high up there on the board. And then, of course, you're going to mix in the pass rushers, the defensive guys. I don't know if a running back is really going to be in that top 20, sit, like, you know, that top 20 area in the NFL draft coming up. So now you're looking at this dude who I, I think he's first-round talent. You know, I like him as much as anyone with like a Josh Jacobs or anyone else that will come out of college. The guy ran for like 335 yards um, against Northwestern earlier this year. He ran for over 200 just recently against Clemson. I like the dude a lot, and he could possibly go to a playoff caliber team. Like, I, I keep telling my wife, Mara, that the Steelers, honestly, should probably just be like, hey, we're going to draft a running back in the first round this year at, you know, what, 24, 25. So that's another one to keep a lookout for, too, as well, is a guy that maybe – you know, could go to a really potent offense, you know, and perhaps be able to put up some numbers next year. But obviously that's a little bit of a wait and see. Yeah, that's the fun part about this, Joey, is everyone we're talking about right now, it doesn't even matter because the NFL offseason is crazier than any other. Players will be moved, guys we've just talked about, and situations could totally change. Like if we hear in the offseason that Darrell Henderson gets shipped off, all of a sudden, welcome to my fantasy team next year, Cam Akers. Maybe I was a year too early on him as well. But again, talent wins out. Uh, you know, young, fresh legs seem to be dominant in the running back position in the NFL. It's a young man's game. And yeah, like a guy fresh out of college, like if he lands in the right position, we could be looking at, you know, that first season from Zeke, that first season um, from Saquon, like 
That's the kind of stuff you're looking for in fantasy for advantages. And, you know, maybe this will tie a bow on it, you know, to wrap up the pod. But, you know, and it might seem a little obvious. But again, you know, when you're looking at these guys moving forward for people that are maybe getting into fantasy football for the first time, you got to kind of remove yourself and detach yourself a little bit from star power from time to time. And you got to really look at situation. You know, where you ask yourself, you know, I personally think Joe Burrow will be a better NFL quarterback. But look at his situation. His offensive line sucked. And he wasn't really able to, you know, flourish in that first year. You look at a guy like Justin Herbert, a dude with a ton of weapons, guy like ready-made pro bowlers like Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen on your team, and a pretty damn good tight end, Hunter Henry. You know, he might have a little bit of an easier time. So, is, as you were mentioning, as the, as the pieces are changing and guys get into different situations, you do have to kind of look at those, you know, w- with a different lens. You know, if a Daryl Henderson, for example, a guy who's super talented, gets traded to the Falcons next year, you know, he could be a guy that could possibly bust out because they need a running back in that system. They've had success with running backs back there, even though they're a passing attack. You know, this is how things can slowly fluidly change. And when you're talking about J.K. Dobbins, you know, that's a team that centrally runs the football. You know, Clyde Edwards Hilaire may be more talented than J.K. Dobbins, but when they get in the red zone, Pat Mahomes is throwing the football. So that's always something to maybe take away each season as you're taking stock and moving forward into the 2021 season. One final question, Joe. Can't get out of here with asking you this. Ooh, next year, who goes first overall? Oh, wow. Great it's question. Even, for the last four years, it's been known. It was Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley, Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey. I think we're going to see a couple of things I think we're going to see if I can forecast it now. I think we're going to finally see Derrick Henry's value being respected for the first time ever. We're even... The last couple of seasons, you know, he's led the league in rushing the last two years. Last year, I think he was, yeah, last year, I think he was still a top 10. This year, he couldn't, he could barely crack the top 10 after leading the league in rushing. So I think this is going to be next year, the first year we're going to see him in the top three. I'll be honest with you. I still think it's Christian McCaffrey. I really do. Injuries be damned. I don't think it was a season ender. Uh, You know, there weren't season ending injuries. They were, they were weird stuff. He came back then had the shoulder thing. They sucked. They sat him down, but when he was in there, he was putting up 20 points every single time. I still think he is the lock and loaded. Number one, I'd maybe see Dalvin cook. Number two, Derrick Henry, number three, and then maybe a Saquon somewhere in there. Yeah, I completely agree. I just wanted to pull up his log real quick. He only played three games this year, 27 points, 22 points, 32 points. He'll be back. He'll be back. And if you can even get a one spot discount on him next year, like if someone is just, you know, all about Dalvin cook, all about Derrick Henry and you next year, get like an injury discount on Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. I, I, I do that in any day of the week. Well, and you're bringing up a good point too, where let's just say he is ranked number one. I don't think he's going to be that surefire dude where, you no. know, when you get into the mock draft and the, the draft is open, the number one pick flies off the board right away. I think you could see because of his injuries last year, maybe a situation where someone takes a risk and goes Dalvin cook first, and maybe he slides the two. Maybe that's something that people are actually going to consider next year, but they, I don't know for me, it's still McCaffrey, man. That dude's, that dude's a monster, and I, I still see a situation where the offense is going to be completely you know, funneled through him. He can do it all, and we're talking about dudes that can put it in the end zone, dudes that can pick up. The, the dude can do everything. He's going to be just fine. He's my Fantasy ball. football is more fun with Christian McCaffrey, period. Absolutely. Please come back in 2021, CMC. David Raspoli, my resident tidy guy, this was fun, man. 
Oh boy. We didn't win a lot of money this year. You won a decent amount of money, I will say. I, I came up a little bit short, but uh, you know, it's always fun. It's always fun talking fancy with you, and this is what we do, man. We'll be back before you know it, talking about preseason ranks and, and getting it going and doing all that good stuff. Can't wait, my man. This was Believe in Betting Chicago with Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. This was our postseason fantasy football breakdown. Make sure you come back and check out couple more pods the rest of this week we're still talking bear saints we're still getting ready for that huge matchup so make sure you come back and check out and listen that listen to that thank you for listening to this pod until then be well be safe be good to each other we will talk soon thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.